I'm Nick. And I'm Justin. And we can't believe it's already time for the 2019 live stream for The Cure. Thanks to our amazing peers, listeners, and supporters. Last year, we crushed our goal of $5,000 for the Cancer Research Institute. The Cancer Research Institute is funding research into immunotherapy to create a future immune to all forms of cancer. Every single cent we raise goes to them. And they're also rated over 92% on CharityNavigator.org. This year, we're aiming our sights even higher with our most ambitious event to date. Join us May 17th through the 19th on twitch.tv slash epicfilmguys for 40 hours of live content from us and other amazing shows who will join us to try to reach $7,500. Please visit www.livestreamforthecure for more information or to find out how you can be a part of the event. Together, we can make a difference. Beginning on that old podcast in five, four, three, two, one. Welcome to the Odd Dead Out podcast, where normal is not my specialty. You can find me at odddadoutpodcast.com. Just thought I'd throw that there in the beginning in case you missed it at the end. I am your host, as always, the, yeah, I'm late again, Adam Higgins, the odd dad out, <laughs> and this is the show where I tell my weird rambly dad stories and rants and whatnot, I make fun of some shit from the news, and I tell you about a podcast that I think you should check out, and uh, spoiler warning, this week it's a much more adult show than I normally talk about or, or would otherwise recommend just you know fair warning what's big nsfw for recommended listening this week all that aside how are you doing this week dear listener man i've i've been swamped (laughs) it is spring break here so all of the boys are home and you know how much i love having the boys home from school because, you know, it doesn't completely disrupt every element of our regular home routine. But on top of that, my wife actually took the week off of work, too. Which, I, it makes, I mean, I, I'm not going to fault her for wanting to take a week off of work and kind of staycation. She just started another uh, set of classes, so it gives her an opportunity to be caught up on homework stuff. Time to spend with all the boys. And she works in, in banking, in the banking industry, and it's very stressful. And so sometimes you just want to get away and not be in the office for a while. So I'm I'm not going to falter for any of that. But again, it's another thing that really screws with our home routine because I'm not used to her being home. And when she's home, She wants me doing stuff. She has her things that she wants me to do. Well, we have our things that we do during the week. We have, you know, it's like, I'm doing laundry here. I'm I'm taking care of this. I'm doing this. I'm doing this. Well, when she's home, when she's not normally home, like taking a week off, when she's home on a day she isn't normally, it basically completely throws all of that out because she'll have things she wants me to do. 
And one of those things, especially during spring break, and she actually pulled this shit on me last year too, is clean the garage. Because to a certain degree, we're, we're kind of pack rats. And I mean this, not like your traditional, we just save everything. It's like, no, I might need that later. And you've got, you know, coffee cans full of old screws and ever, you never throw anything away because you might need it later. No, it, it's mostly a case of we upgrade stuff. We get rid of things or whatever. And say, you know, prime example, um, kids moving out of the crib and into toddler beds and then into their, into twin beds. Well, as they've upgraded beds, the, eventually they all grew out of all those beds. Well, now all of those old beds were just thrown in the garage <laughs> and not a matter of, we wanted to save them necessarily, but we didn't know what the hell to do with them. Uh, the crib was broken. Because that was actually what forced us to move Sam out of the crib early was that the crib was broken because the boys decided they wanted to get in there and play in it and they jumped in it and broke the base out of it. Which, yeah, I could have fixed with a piece of plywood, but it's a matter of time and energy spent to do it. I didn't have either. And then like the the toddler bed that they would go into from there. Basically the same situation. Boys jumping on the bed, broke the base. <laughs> so Noticing a theme here is kind of a pattern with boys messing with shit. Yeah. Well, our garage just kind of builds up, you know, we get a new, we get a new mattress. The old mattress goes out into the garage and, uh, old futons, uh, recliners that we don't use anymore. Like when we moved from our old house into this one, this one just didn't have as much space. So the futon and my desk and my old recliner, all that crap is in the garage, you know, changing the dinner table. And now the seats from the old table are out in the, all, all this crap we have and piles and piles and piles of old Amazon boxes because we'd order a lot of shit. And especially around the holidays, it's just easier to order stuff from Amazon. Well, all the Amazon boxes and Sometimes you can't get them, especially when it's the bigger boxes that you really have to break down. Like you got to take out the box cutter and cut it down so you can get it in the recycle bin. Because I don't know about where you live. And I do realize this is much more of a Southwest thing. We have full size dumpster, like five feet tall uh, recycle bins. It's basically just a standard trash dumpster like we have that the big machine comes and picks up. And we... And I realize this goes to people in other parts of the country who don't have giant mechanized garbage trucks that do all of the picking up. I realize there are some places, and I even when I lived in South Texas, it was like this when I first moved out there, where your trash goes into like Oscar the Grouch style trash can and some guy picks it up and dumps it into the back of a garbage truck and, you know, goes on his way. Here, basically for my entire life, we have these giant industrial dumpsters, they're like plastic dumpsters with, that we wheel out, and it basically fills up with an entire week of trash, and we have a, a one for recycling the same size because out here in Phoenix, they're really big on recycling. And so you have these two monster dumpsters that you roll out with all of your week's trash, and then the garbage truck just has a big mechanical arm that reaches out, grabs the big dumpster, dumps it in, sets it down, and 
my boys get really mad because if the dumpsters are set back and it's pulled out into the street or it fell over, they get all mad because like, we need to teach him how to use the, how to put the dumpsters back. He pulled the dumps, the trash can out into the street again or whatever. <laughs> but um, you got to break the boxes down. Anyway, back on the original point. We've basically had stacks and stacks of just fucking boxes that we'd thrown out in the garage. And I just had all this crap. And so our, our garage was just a mess. It was packed. There was barely enough walkway for my scrawny ass to get from the door by the washing machine just to get out. And last year, we basically pulled the kind of same thing. Spring break. Hired my nephew to come over. We cleaned out the garage. We pulled everything out, organized it, got it all sorted, got rid of a bunch of trash. But it was mostly just trash. And then we took a lot of boxes and things and we broke them down. And so I had a stack of like flattened boxes that just needed to kind of get cut up and thrown into the recycle bin because we basically packed it at that point. But that was last spring break. This spring break, my wife, we, we were trying to buy a house. We're, we're saving up right now. Our goal is by next spring break, we'll be, we'll have bought a house. We'll be moving into that house basically this time next year. Well, we have so much shit in the garage. And like I said, it's not like we care that it's there. We're not holding on to stuff for sentimental value. Well, some of it maybe, but we're not holding on to all of it for sentimental value. A lot of it was just junk that we had not had the means to get rid of. And this time we were like, no, we need to get rid of all this crap. We cannot take this crap to the next house. So uh, niece and nephew come over and we basically start going through and we're like, we're just pulling out crap. And I told him like this time the goal was get everything organized and separated out and get the things that are going to be trashed, like broken cribs, broken bed frames, you know, old mattresses, all that, all that stuff old futons and recliners and all that shit that just needs to get thrown out. We needed to get it out and accessible so that we could hire somebody to come and haul all of that shit away so we can clear all of the junk out of the garage. So we did that. We basically spent the afternoon doing all that on Monday. And then we ended up, so I don't know if I think it's the next door app. I'm, I'm, I forget exactly which one it is. But it's one of those like neighborhood social media type things where you like the people in your neighborhood are it's like having a a neighborhood watch kind of thing in an app and people in the neighborhood rather than, you know, all of the the moms going out and talking, chit chatting in the street and gossiping or whatever or talking on the corner like they did in old movies. Instead of that, it's an app and you sit there and like, hey, there's a suspicious car and blah, 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 blah. And Hey, somebody just stole my Christmas uh, decorations out of my yard or whatever. And so everyone's on the lookout or, Hey, my car was broken into last night. You know, make sure you're being vigilant, stuff like that. And so my wife has that app and in there, there's also a lot of people who are saying, Hey, if you, anybody needs junk removal, um, I can do it. You know, send me a message or quote you, blah, blah, blah. We're like, okay. So we ended up reaching out to the guy who showed up at like 8 30 at night because we'd been trying to find somebody all day couldn't get a word back from anybody and she finally went out and posted up again hey here's all the stuff we've got like um you know, you know we're looking for somebody to haul this stuff away and within minutes 
a guy came like, hey, I can do this if I can get all of this out of here for you tonight if you need to. And so he shows up, huge dude in a pickup truck, and basically comes, hauls all of our shit away. All the, all, just loads it, him and his, and his son. And he's like maybe 10, 11. You know, I can't say anything. I'd have done the same thing. Another year, Charlie will be hauling shit too. If I had a truck. But they come out, they haul all the stuff away. And they actually, and this somewhat aggravated my wife, but fuck it, they're mine anyway. Um, I mentioned that I had two dead motorcycles. Weren't running, haven't run in years. Completely you know, corroded up engines need to be cleaned out and all that stuff. And I was like, he said he wanted them that he would love to have them so that his son could learn to work on engines because he wanted to learn to work on engines. And I was like, you know what? Fine. And it basically turned into a big trade of the bikes for labor. I'm not going to do anything with them. There's a whole big old long complicated thing with these bikes, basically resulting in I couldn't sell them. And so I did legally own them. They were mine, by the way. I didn't steal them or anything. But big old long complicated paper trail issues that made it difficult for me to, to sell them. He just wanted them as a project thing to work on them. So I was like, hell, go for it. So after taking the bikes and all of the old furniture and all of the old crap and me taking a, a trip to Goodwill with like 10 bags of old kids clothes and shoes and stuff that we weren't, that we weren't ever going to need anymore. I went from, I can barely get my scrawny ass from front of garage to back of garage to, I was able to pull my wife's car into the garage, which was just trippy because in the three and a half years we've lived in this house, we've never had that much room. Even after cleaning up last year, it was, we could get, we probably could ride a motorcycle through the old gap we had. We went from no walk space to some walk space, and then that got slowly closed in again. But now we have room enough to put the car in. And that was crazy. So, And now it just looks so empty. And we pulled an old beat up recliner that the cats ravaged out of the house. And like old cat tower that they also ravaged. Which is why they were eating up the chair. But we just hauled away so much stuff in the last week. And have just done. it's just been spring cleaning all week. <laughs> Uh, it, it, oh man, I'm so tired, but it's, it's, it's been a, one of those things we're trying to do more this week. And that's kind of the thing. And one of the things we did was just kind of rewinding, going back to actually for St. Patrick's day. And if you don't know, I actually got married on St. Patrick's day. So last Sunday was my 10 year wedding anniversary. Believe it or not, we didn't do shit because right now again, we're financially, we're in a, in a hazy spot. It's like, we have money, but our money is being put into things like saving for a house and getting ready for vacations and stuff like that. And yeah, we just, it's one of those things. And, and also again, four kids kind of difficult to work out, you know, trying to do something like go out or something like that, or go out for dinner and then work out, you know, watching the kids and all this stuff. So it's, it's, we did kind of our standard date night thing, which was go order out dinner and bring it home. That's just kind of our standard date night thing. It makes it easier. Put the kids to bed, you know, order Olive Garden because it's St. Patrick's Day and every Irish restaurant of any type or resemblance is going to be busy as hell. 
And so, yeah, we, we order Italian. <laughs> but you know, anniversary aside, uh, one of the biggest things we did on Sunday morning, which, oh man, is so much worse than we thought it was. Rewinding again. It's lemon season. It's, it's springtime. It's time to harvest the lemons. Well, one of my wife's co-workers has a lemon tree. The standard procedure when you have citrus on your, on your property is you bring it to work because you end up with tubs and tubs and tubs and, and God, you probably get like 50, 100 pounds of about fucking oranges and lemons or whatever you've got. So you take tons of it to work. And if anybody wants some, here you go, have a bag of lemons or oranges or whatever. Well, Rihanna volunteered to take a bag of lemons, which was like an entire grocery bag full of lemons. And they're big ones, too. Like maybe a little bit smaller than a softball size lemons. And so it's like, what are we going to do with all these lemons? We start looking. I was like, oh, lemon cake. I'm like, you need like a quarter cup of lemon juice. You need like no lemon juice. Most things that use lemon, like... My wife has a recipe for, it's a, a lemon herb. It's supposed to be like a Mediterranean chicken uh, plate, which I will make for her, which I did, which in total used four lemons. I think we had somewhere around 30. <laughs> and this was a week's worth of food on this thing was four lemons. And this was green beans, chicken, uh, potatoes. And something else and all this stuff and used for lemons well we needed more than that because we also didn't want to throw them away we didn't want to waste them and the only thing ultimately we came down to was lemonade we'll just make lemonade well what do we need to make lemonade you assume and as you've seen in every tv show and cartoon and everything all you need to make lemonade is lemons water and sugar that's it that's it you make a get a pitcher and some ice and lemons, water, sugar. That's it. That's how you make lemonade. It's actually not that easy. And we learned some things about lemons on the way. So for the sake of you don't want your lemonade to be cloudy because if you've ever made lemonade just the cold way like that, it's cloudy. It doesn't look good. You want it to be nice and clear and all that happy, fun jazz. Well, what you have to do is you have to make a, a syrup. You have to dissolve the sugar in the water, you basically boil the sugar in water until it's all dissolved and clear. And then you add the lemon juice to that. And then you add that to water and ice and all the blah, 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 and adjust your levels to taste. So we do this. Fine. Look, syrup, lemon. Well, you need about, I think the recipe we found like for proportion's sake was a cup of sugar, a cup of water, and uh, I think I said a cup and a half, a cup. I think it's said a cup of lemon juice. And we had discovered in doing the chicken things that those lemons were not especially sharp. They were super pungent. And so I went ahead and said, you know what? Double it. Put two cups of lemon juice in there. Well, we didn't have a juicer. More, I guess you should say more accurately, I had a juicer. It was in a box somewhere out in the garage that it has not been located yet. And so, because this was on Sunday before I cleaned the garage. And so I'm like, well, fuck, I don't know. Well, we can just do it by hand. Basically just, you know, chunk all the lemons into wedges and, and squeeze them all out by hand. Well, we needed about 15 lemons. 
to get that two cups of juice, because you really don't get that much juice out of things when you squeeze them, especially by hand. And there he thought, hey, great opportunity for the boys. Let's have the boys squeezing lemons. Well, you know, boys being boys, they all had little nicks and cuts and things on their hands, and they found them very quickly. So that wasn't necessarily the best idea. A good idea in practice, or in, in theory. And yeah, the boys will love this. They'll get to squeeze lemons, we'll make lemonade, they'll have fresh lemonade for the first time ever. They've only ever had the powdered stuff. And they'll love it. They enjoyed doing it. It's great, but yeah, they all, you know, set their hands on fire with lemon juice and cuts. Sorry. <laughs> Happens to everybody. That's how you find out where all your little cuts are. That's how you discover every paper cut ever, ever, ever. Lemon juice. If you happen to have lemons around, I don't know. But in this whole experiment of making fresh lemonade, we got a new pitcher and it's got one of those nice little pulp screens on it because it's meant for like lemonade and, and stuff like that or maybe tea and you've got like the little the sediment when you make fresh tea. And so it's got a little screen on it to keep all that crap out of your glass, which is great for keeping seeds and that stuff out. But then we ran into this mystery problem is that every time we'd start pouring a glass, it would pour for like two seconds and it would come down to a trickle and practically stop. We're like, what the hell? And we'd sit there and, and kind of twist the lid around. It's like, what's going on? And then eventually it'd start clogging up again, clogging up again, clogging up again. And friends like, okay, what the hell is this? And we're like, there's not that much pulp. We can't see any pulp in there. It's not really that bad. We ran it through a, a strainer, just like a fucking colander. But we ran it through a, a colander to get all the seeds and the, the chunky pulp out. So there shouldn't be anything blocking it. What the hell? Take out this thing. And it's, if you've ever seen like a French press coffee maker where it's got like a tight mesh screen to just get all of the stuff out and only let the, the liquid through, it has one of those on it. And so we open this thing up and we look and this screen is completely covered in what I can only describe as micro pulp. You can't see it like with the naked eye. You can't see this stuff. It is just tea tiny. Like, the only thing that would have screened this out is this tiny mesh screen that's on this picture. And we just look at it like, what the hell? Go and rinse all the, the, the screen off and go put it back. It's like flowing great for about two seconds. And then it's immediately clogged again. And it just turns into this nightmare of we can't get the, and because there's still, you know, we did the old, you know, put the lemon chunks, uh, the wet slices and stuff in the pitcher. So it's basically bleeding out pulp and seeds and all that. You've got to have the little screen in the way to stop that from going in your glass. So we had to keep the screen on the pitcher. Oh, well. What we eventually ended up having to do, because we, we worked through our first batch of lemonade and we we're like, okay, let's make another one. We still had some 20 lemons left after this. And so we're like, screw it. We'll just juice all the lemons. Just whatever we've got. Take that. Make a new batch of lemonade based on that. I made up a little bit more sugar syrup. And in this time, I actually put chunks of lemon straight into that when I was boiling it. So that the syrup itself would already have lemon flavor in it. But what we ended up doing is we took the lemonade the lemon juice and the syrup because it had the lemon in it and both of those got run through a coffee filter just to get all of this tiny 
cannot see this stuff pulp out. And by the time we had run all of the, it was basically like three cups of lemon juice we had. It was like a gel with the pulp that we had kind of skimmed out of there through the coffee filter. It was freaky that there was so much of that pulp that we couldn't even see. It's not like you see the big pieces normally. This was just like microscopic, like fucking krill that was in there and it completely blocked those filters. But when we skimmed it out, now suddenly the juice is like clear, not like clear, clear, but it's like looked like it wasn't hazy. And we made batch of lemonade like that. And that pitcher did not clog once. (laughs) It was perfect. It was great. And it was delicious. And so the boys got to experience real fresh lemonade. And yeah, we could have not, you know, gone through that whole hassle and we could have just sucked it up and drank the pulp and, and not made the syrup and done it. The, you know, the cartoon, you know, squeeze a lemon into a cup, pour it in some ice water and a scoop of sugar and made lemonade that way. But you know, it's not as good. And you know, just can't make things the simple way. Can we? All right. That's enough rambling. Jeez. That was a lot. (laughs) It's been a long week guys. Anyway, I'm going to take a break. I'm going to play you some promos and I will be right back with the news. Check out Who's Right with Doug and Anthony. We got it. (laughs) Just days before an SUV carrying a family of eight plummeted from a cliff in Northern California. (laughs) This is something I can rally around, you know, because I am anti dead hooker. I am. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) I I like my hookers alive. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds weird, doesn't it? I don't want to edit this. If you want to edit this shit, then go ahead. But I there's just take out the shit that will get, will get me fired. If I Whatever. were to if I were to say that word, that, that would word. be what our podcast would be known for. We've been doing this for seventy episodes. That'd be it. Our our we are racist, and you would be dragged right down with me. We no, are. I would be there fighting the power, man. I would prove the critics wrong and and catch the jungle fever. From that logic, if you follow that out, I can make fun of. Of many handicapped people, all I want as long as I don't call them a certain word. Right. That's not that's not the <laughs> no, right. <not> right. <laughs> <laughs> that's not the lesson that I would teach my kids. <laughs> Just don't make fun of mentally handicapped people. <laughs> I think you pretty much got the gist of it. You're you're a shit bag. <laughs> <clears throat> Check out who's right at who's right podcast.com. I'm wrong, you're wrong. Everybody sing this song, talk it on all right i'm i'm man (laughs) they're they're all over the place this week but they're all focused on women (laughs) uh i'm gonna start off with this one this one is more sad and weird than something i can rant about but a woman suffered a stroke during oral sex more specifically while receiving oral sex told you this week was a little uh nsfw not that my language doesn't bring us there anyway 
So a woman was recently hospitalized after suffering a stroke while receiving oral sex. While in the act, her partner noticed that she had lost consciousness and rushed her to the hospital. CT scans later revealed that she had a ruptured aneurysm, likely from the increased blood pressure caused by sexual activity. So, basically, this woman had a blood clot in her brain. or more, it's, a, it's more like a bulging of the blood vessel in her brain. And during the, you know, reception... Uh, while she was in in a, a sexual act, naturally your blood pressure goes up. Well, the increased blood pressure, basically, more pressure on this little bubble, caused it to rupture and popped in her brain, and she had a stroke. And apparently, this isn't a completely—it's not a super common thing, but it's actually a totally you know, known thing to happen just as a case of, hey, if you've got a blood clot or, or an aneurysm or something like that in your brain, blood pressure issues. And again, sex causes an increase in blood pressure. And she, you people can have this happen. You can actually have a stroke. And I get, I mean, (laughs) way stretching on the silver lining of this, but if you think about it, at least in this case, they found it because otherwise there's really no other way of knowing. I mean, how many times you think about it, that somebody is, they have a stroke and they had no signs. So you had no clue it's coming. That's one of those things. You have a stroke. What are the warning signs that you might have a stroke someday? I don't know. I know all the symptoms of you had a stroke. Hey, I think I had a stroke. Yeah. But what are the, the, I don't know of any, it's coming up, some preventative, you know, warning signs, red flags, you could have a stroke. There's lots of, hey, if you have these health things, you're at risk for stroke. But what in a woman, what, what doesn't even have to be a woman. At what point do you like, I'm, you know, the next time I have sex, I could die because I have, you know, you don't know you've got a thing in your brain. So that's that just is really crazy. It's crazy and it's it's funny in a wow the circumstances of the her having a stroke are mildly comical, but it also is a wow that's fucking crazy that makes you question things. The you know, it's it's it could happen to anyone. Really. She happened to have a stroke while receiving oral sex Whew. okay i need to do something fun now it's uh, this is seriously turning into like a weekly thing i've done so many of these at this point it's another fake kidnapping chinese woman breaks up with her boyfriend by faking her own kidnapping and murder yeah The woman in China has been arrested for faking her kidnapping and murder after she found out that her boyfriend was poor. Yeah, really, selfish bitch. She basically found out that, you know, he was essentially poor. Dude lived really humble means. He didn't have a lot of money. And he's like, no, I I need more than this. I want somebody to spend lots of money on me and give me gifts and all this fun shit. And 
she at least, I don't know if you say she's trying to let him off easy. She didn't know how to break up with him on those circumstances. Like, oh, I'm sorry, you're too poor. I can't date you. So instead, she came up with a whole story that her ex-husband kidnapped her and is holding her hostage. And eventually she was killed by these supposed kidnappers. And of course, even though they're like the don't contact police or we'll kill her. Well, you already killed her. So he, the boyfriend goes and calls the police. Police start looking for her. They look at surveillance footage and like, hey, here's her last known location. The last time she was seen was at this hotel. So what do they do? They go find the room where she was supposedly checked into this hotel. And there she is chilling, kicking back on the on the bed, watching TV all nonchalant, not in any danger at all whatsoever. And then she came clean and said, oh, I made it all up so that I, you know, that he would just, you know, move on from me and I wouldn't have to break up with him. The fuck, bitch? (laughs) Just break up with him. You're already kind of a selfish bitch because you're going to break up with the guy for being too poor. But then you're even more selfish because you don't want to actually go through the process of breaking up with him. You're like, maybe I'll just pretend I'm dead and then he'll just move on. No, that's not how things work. Really, that's especially not how guy brains work, really, because your girlfriend was kidnapped and murdered. You're never going to be right in the head again, for one, but you're always going to have that. I never knew what it could have been. You know, I loved her so much. And then she her ex-husband went and murdered her. Yeah. And that's really in her story. She's setting up her ex-husband to go to prison. Eventually, she would have had to have come out, hey, I'm not dead. Otherwise, her ex-husband would have gone to prison because, yeah, she did have an ex-husband. Like, you said your ex-husband kidnapped you and and got you murdered. You are just setting him up to go to prison while the other guy is going to find out. He's going to break up with you, by the way, when he finds out you're not dead. Which I'm sure happened. The story didn't go into it. It's safe to assume, I think. But what the hell? What is with all these people faking kidnappings? It is one of the shittiest things to try and get away with. You're not going to get away with it. It's a fake kidnapping. Really? I mean, short of beating your own ass. I mean, really? I mean, the only way to fake a kidnapping is to just pay somebody to actually kidnap you and beat your ass. You have to seriously commit to get away with a fake kidnapping. And most of these people don't seem to be that committed. They just seem to be the say I'm kidnapped so that I'll get the, I won't have to pay my gambling debts or my boyfriend will move on or mom will give me 130 bucks. Yeah. People need to get off this fucking fake kidnapping shit. (laughs) I mean, she stepped it up. She was like, Hey, I was killed. This isn't me telling you I was killed. I was killed though. Oh, hi, police. No, I'm not dead. Shit. Yeah, really. Fucking people are stupid. Stop kidnapping yourselves it doesn't work ever it just doesn't work finally it's time for the jackass of the week woman used a t-shirt gun to launch drugs into prison yeah it sounds like a great idea but then you think how close do you actually have to be to do this So an Oklahoma woman has been arrested after she was caught launching packages of assorted contraband over the walls into a prison. Uh, Packages contained everything from cell phones and earbuds to tobacco and methamphetamine. (laughs) 
let's I've heard of them actually like people flying drones and dropping shit into prison yards and stuff like that. I've heard that before. I think that's a better idea than a t-shirt cannon. Because at least the, you can be like a half a mile away with a t- with a drone. You can sit there and and strap your box of drugs or whatever onto the drone and fly it over the prison. And yeah, it's going to get shot down probably or caught or whatever. And maybe they'll be able to retrace the signal back to you. I don't know how sophisticated those things are like that. But how far can a t-shirt cannon really fire? 50 feet, 100 feet? I don't know. I mean, I guess the weight of the package determines this. And I don't know, was it just in, was it, I don't know how a t-shirt cannon totally works other than I've seen like super tightly bundled up t-shirts that are, you know, like projectiles i don't know if there's like a little shell they go into it's like is it like a a tennis ball can or something that they shove stuff into i don't know but i know they don't fly that far so this woman had to have basically been just outside the fences or the walls or whatever of this prison to be able to fire over the walls because if you know anything about prisons there's two fences there's the inner wall it keeps it's it's like the zoo situation there's the inner wall that keeps the prisoners in and then there's an outer fence that keeps people out and it's kind of like the fence that separates the prison buildings from the parking lot and stuff like that basically that you've got it but yeah how far can this fire she's got to basically be right up against this fence to be able to get it over this stuff and into the prison property to where anybody could get to it i guess it actually resulted in a lockdown of the prison but they fucking caught her. They found her in her car. She had the cannon and more packages of stuff. But it's just a case of seriously. I mean, it's it's a good idea in theory, but you're going to get fucking caught. You have to be within walking distance. There are guards. They have to be able to see you at this point. I mean, someone in a guard tower or a camera or something is going to see some crazy lady firing shit over the wall. I mean, what the hell? <laughs> What was she thinking? I don't see how she could have possibly imagined getting away with this. And if she did, she's dumb as fuck. Because again, you have to be right there. (laughs) You have to be standing there. I mean, what's she doing? Is she like trying to fire it from her car and make a quick getaway? Which she obviously didn't. I don't know. What I don't understand the, the lack of thought that goes into this idea of launching shit into the prison with... A, a cannon again drones are a better idea all and i can't say more or less expensive i don't know how much a t-shirt cannon costs or and i don't have a drone i know they're not too expensive anymore though i'm pretty sure a drone would have worked fly it high enough and go snip and drop a thing i think that'd probably be more efficient than the t-shirt cannon and less likely to get arrested not that i'm trying to give people ideas because people have already done it and it's already basically been you know they see drones they shoot drones Maybe that's it. They went for the, I can't afford to have a drone shot. Let me just fire a a tennis ball tube full of uh, methamphetamines over the wall and see what happens. Here's what happens. You get arrested. They take away your t-shirt cannon. Uh, Jackass. All right. I'm going to take one more quick break, play one more promo, and I will be right back with this week's very not safe for work recommended listening feature two girls one mic 
the porncast. It's 7.38. Shut up, everyone. Shut up. Woo. This is Leo. This is Kitty. This is Fez. This is Jackie. This is Cobra. What's up? And Midgey. We are Afterburn 739 Podcast coming to you from Squish Bar. Tune in every week and hear us talk about anything and everything. We are not politically correct. We are certainly not well informed. Sometimes we will make shit up. But we will make you laugh. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, or Afterburn739.com. And Twitter and Afterburn739. What's Stitcher? Hello, Hello Kitty. Welcome to the party. Welcome to the party. My jingle. <laughs> and you never know who might turn up in Squish Bar in the Turkey Bucket Gallery. I quit. <laughs> Recommended listening. <laughs> Hi, I'm Yvette. And I'm Alice. And we're hosting a brand new podcast, Two Girls, One Mike. The podcast that talks about the holes and the plot holes of your favorite porn. Well, maybe not your favorite. Well, they're all somebody's favorite, like Game of Bones. Back to the Future. Star Horse. Edward Penis Hands. Pulp Friction. And according to Rule 34, we'll never run out of content. Nothing is off limits, and we're bringing you the best guests to talk about everything. Porn stars. Sexperts. Scientists. Bigfoot enthusiasts. Comedians. Porn script writers. And many more. We'll have time to cram it all in. (laughs) Cram in. (laughs) We're adults. So hit subscribe to wherever you get your podcasts, because everyone's a critic. We just do it with porn. Two girls, one mic, the porn cast. Yeah, I mean, that little clip you got right there. Basically, they discuss and review porn, specifically porn with plots. So before I get called out and granted, not that you should ever be called out on or, or, or put upon for watching porn. The reason I actually started listening to this show was because they had put out a request for an editor for the podcast. And I had submitted to uh, be one of those people. Well, uh, in, in my research of, Hey, because I'm one of those guys where I'm not going to work on a show. If I couldn't listen to it, if I couldn't enjoy listening to the show, I don't want to subject myself to having to listen to this stuff, even if I'm being paid. So, and in my whole, I'm going to listen to the show and find out, is this something that I would want to work on? And so I started listening to the show. I started listening to their back catalog before I submitted my application um, to edit the show, which I didn't get, by the way. But I started, you know, simple enough. I started with the first episode because that's kind of one of those, you see where they've come from and then you get to the later stuff and see where they went. But also I was kind of nitpicking the, hey, have I heard of this before? Or does this look interesting? Again, because a lot of what they're doing is parody porn. Um, granted, they started with Deep Throat. And I think you, st- you have to start with Deep Throat because it's the legendary one. It's seriously, there was a, you know, a technically you could say a spy. Um, the precursor to WikiLeaks was Deep Throat, you know, Nixon and all that stuff. And so you, you have to watch Deep Throat. You have to start there. But 
I was going through and listening to Deep Throat, and then there was the uh, interview with Nina Hartley, who is a legend in porn, but she's also a legitimate actress, and she's also an activist, and all these things. And you may actually know who she is without actually knowing that she's in porn, that she's really that influential a person. And so that was, and that was an amazing interview. And there's so much to learn. Seriously, anybody, you should go listen to that interview because there's so much you can actually learn from her. Just listening to that interview was great. But then, you know, forgive me because, you know, if you know anything about porn parodies, the puns are, are rampant. Um, they uh, did a uh, who's Nalen Palin with. Tom Arnold of all people, which was just hilarious. And I, I seriously picked this one out because it was Tom Arnold. And I'm like, no way. What the hell? What, what's with Tom Arnold? And it was just a case of, I don't know how, but they managed to get Tom Arnold as a guest to talk about this Sarah Palin porn with a, a secret cameo from Arnold Schwarzenegger who called him in the middle of recording, which was just funny. Uh, Hori Potter and the Sorcerer's Balls. Uh, <laughs> the big, simple enough, the big Lebowski triple X. Uh, not the Wizard of Oz. Um, it's just so much it, going through them and listening to these. And I'll say this: listening to them critiquing these and describing these is a hilarious because they've described themselves as the Statler and Waldorf of porn. And if you don't know who that is, that's the two old guys that sit there and shit talk the Muppets. Yeah, and that's basically what they do because for all of their critiquing and and serious and hey, this was good, this was bad, bad cinematography, bad makeup. This was like, wow, I can't believe how they did that. And and man, the sets are amazing here. The way they describe the Big Lebowski and the not the Wizard of Oz basically are the, you could cut all of the sex out of these and it's still a good movie. And But the way they describe a lot of these makes me like, I want to go watch these, not for the sake of porn, just for the sake of they're describing these in a way that makes me want to watch this movie for movie's sake. I've literally never watched The Big Lebowski. I realize I'm going to get hate from people. I've never watched The Big Lebowski. But the way they describe the porn parody makes me want to go watch the porn parody version. (laughs) Um, I've seen The Wizard of Oz a million times. My sister's a fan. The way they describe it. Okay doesn't really hold up but they're like it's there's and apparently according to them i don't know because i haven't seen it there's apparently a cut of the the porn wizard of oz with all the sex taken out just to here's the movie without all the sex i've actually managed to get a bunch of the guys at work hooked on at least interested in listening to this show i think the one that's really done it was the uh simpsons porn parody because they go on about they painted everybody yellow everybody's yellow <laughs> and the the uh resilience of the paint with which they use and things like that and like i said they're hilarious and the way they describe some of the scenes is just i i'm belly laughing i am busting out uncontrollable laughter with some things and it's just i mean i love the part there was a point in the review for deep throat where they're describing the acting because that's what they're doing. They are legitimately reviewing these things. They're not just sitting there walk, watching porn and talking shit or praising it or whatever. They're they're reviewing it on its merits. And it's funny because they're talking about the acting and the one phrase that is stuck in my mind is the best acting she did was when she had a dick in her mouth. 
If that phrase right there does not sum up the tone of the show, nothing else does. Plus the just insane number of puns and dick jokes. Because, I mean, you're talking about porn. It's just really easy. When the, they just get, it's, there's no way to describe the show just justifiably without listening to it. Other than to say, if you, you would expect this from two bros. Yeah, two bros that were reviewing porn. One, you wouldn't listen to it because it's two bros reviewing porn and be like, oh my God, this is so dumb. These are two highly educated women who just happen to be very big fans of porn and are very open about talking about sexuality and all those things. And so they're talking about this, but they're making the same type of humor, the same type of, you know, cheesy puns and dick jokes and all of that stuff that would have been made otherwise. But coming from two highly educated women, which tells you that one, there is no, no gender boundaries or whatever for enjoying porn and two dick jokes are universal (laughs) they literally it must have been three minutes long where they were talking about one particular porn star who they saw and this guy has the largest penis they'd ever seen and it was probably like two to three minutes of literally just straight dick jokes and it was completely, it had nothing to do with the rest of the episode. It was just something, I think it's at the end of the Simpsons episode. And it just spins off and just spirals out of control. But it was just utterly hilarious. And at this point, you know me, I, I just love a show that makes me laugh. That is the biggest thing for me. If make me laugh, get me drawn into what you're saying. I'm, I'm hooked. And they got me hooked in the first episode with the humor in, again, they're talking about porn, but they're reviewing it on, again, remo- reviewing it on its merits, but completely hilariously. And again, Statler and Waldorf of porn, they've got that part just locked in. <laughs> Nobody will ever be able to take that away from them because that's, they've, they've won that. But it's, it's, it's just a fun show to listen to. And even if you don't, if, even if you don't watch this type of porn, and I'll probably admit, most people probably don't watch that type of porn. But after listening to them describing it, I'm suddenly, man, man, I need to see this movie the way they describe this scene. And even if it's like, oh, man, this scene was so cringeworthy, I just you're like, I have to see it. How bad is this that they're so just cringing at the, oh, my God, the makeup was so terrible or the acting is so bad here. You just don't want to look or whatever or the just the cheesy puns. The, I loved, <laughs> I loved the puns in the uh, the Harry Potter, uh, the Harry Potter parody, because apparently that whole movie was just full of a puns, but also like references to different things, and very much a because there was a a drag queen, uh, I think it was Mimi. I'm first, I believe, was in that movie, and they just kind of a a, a thing with with drag is there's a lot of hey no we can't do this because trademarked or and it's kind of a porn thing too but just tons of the like hey why aren't we ever going to london trademarked <laughs> or or changing names or or things like that like oh we can't do that because copyright <laughs> stuff just 
breaking the fourth wall stuff like that. I love that. Makes me want to watch it. Even though that's a gay porn, by the way. But it makes me want to watch it for the cheap jokes. Because again, I'm a, I'm a, I love cheap jokes. It, it, so this show, listening to Alice and Yvette describing parody porn, or any describing anything, but the way they describe these things makes me want to watch them. If for no for entertainment value at that, and there was another guest I, I'm blanking him right now, uh, I forget who she was, but they were kind of talking about the sometimes when you're reviewing porn, you skip the sex because you're trying to review the movie. They're like, yeah, I, mean, I watched a, a few seconds of it. It gets kind of overall sex scenes or sex scenes. It's it's in there for they kind of a rinse and repeat after a while, especially when you've watched as many movies as they have for reviewing purposes. It's like, yeah, sometimes you just skip it. It's like, eh, fast forward, fast forward. Where's the plot? Where, okay, where's the story pickup? Whatever. And that, I, I, I do that because at that point, yeah, you, you, not saying you'd be desensitized to it, but you're almost bored by it when it's the, you know, rolled out by the studio. Okay, insert sex scene here, you know, insert, you know, BJ here, whatever. You just, you just go because why? It's, you're acting and it's a scene and blah, 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 blah. But it makes me want to watch these movies. They make me want to watch porn. Interesting. Again, for entertainment value, that's what I get out of this. If nothing else, it leaves you interested to watch these movies. It really does. Or maybe it's just me, but that's what I get out of this is that I'm, I'm thoroughly entertained by this show. It's hilarious. And whether or not I ever watch any of these, these movies, that they talk about. And it's very much with like Kim and Ket stay alive in that vein where I haven't watched a lot of the movies they talk about, but the, when they're describing it and they're going through these movies and talking through it, I'm suddenly drawn in. It's like, I need to watch this and I'm getting the same thing from them. If Kim and Ket do this for minus the fact that their show is kind of like a game, Kim and Ket stay alive is all about horror movies. Uh, Alice and Yvette and two girls, one Mike, is the same thing for porn. You have two hilarious women talking about movies in a way that makes you just have to watch it to find out what they're talking about. And that is the best way I can, I can really sum up the show again, Statler and Waldorf of porn, <laughs> but that's going to be check it out. It's, you, you have to, if for nothing else, go listen to the Nina Hartley interview it is episode 11, if I'm not mistaken. Absolutely. If nothing else, listen to that and listen to the Deep Throat one because it's just funny. But really, it's just a fun show. I, I realize I say it a lot, but check them out. Two Girls, One Mike, The Porncast. And that is two and one spelled out, not the numbers. And, I will, and I'm saying that now because... There is, in fact, a two girls, one mic that is the numbers that is completely different. I have no clue what that is, but it's not this. Two girls, one mic.com. Again, spell out the numbers. Again, of course, links in the show notes. Look for the image. Again, it's one of the best things. Go to odddeadoutpodcast.com. Look in the show notes. Get the links there because if you go there, you see the album art. I have the pictures so you can make sure you've got the right place just saying anyway (laughs) that is going to do it for me this week thank you so much for listening through or if you didn't if you just skipped the whole thing where i'm talking about a porn show 
fine. That's okay if that's not your thing. But thank you anyway for tuning in and listening at all. If you're not listening to this, I don't know. I'm talking to myself. But remember, you can catch all the back episodes at odddadoutpodcast.com. Subscribe to the show. Leave me reviews on wherever the hell you feel like, if you feel like it, because you're awesome. If you really are awesome and want to support the show, click on the shop tab. Click on the the Patreon tab up there. Buy yourself a t-shirt or a coffee mug. Uh, Donate on Patreon because you're cool and you really think that my crazy ass is worth supporting. Eh, who knows? Some people are just crazy like that. Like Heather from Sunshine and Power Cuts and Chris from Play Comics and the awesome Lisa and Sam from I Shake My Head, who I am officially announcing right now, are the March guest of the month for next week, episode 141, the only time I will ever tell you what's coming up. Again, Lisa and Sam from I Shake My Head. It was so much fun getting to talk to them. And if you are a Patreon supporter, you will get that episode early and with all of the extra bits and pieces that I leave on the cutting room floor. So good reason to be donating, just saying. But anyway, subscribe to the show, share it with your friends on all the social places. I am at Odd Dad Out. You'll find me. It's not that hard. And until next week, oddballs, thank you and good night.